Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are heading out of town. We're going to a location, as I mentioned on the show on Tuesday, we are heading out to a location that's probably one of the hottest locations in the United States, and we're going to take a lot of equipment out with us. We'll be doing a lot of shows there on site, so I'm excited about it. I know Shan's excited about it. We're really hoping to come back with some solid evidence and some great content for for everyone on the site. Yep, should be awesome. Can't wait to go. Yeah. And we'll talk about that since we'll be gone all week. Uh, we'll, when we come back, there won't be any shows this week, but when we do come back, uh, we'll be sharing all of that stuff with, with everyone. Uh, tonight on the show, we're actually going to be talking with Corky. And I came across Corky on Facebook, and he was posting a lot of pictures and talking about stuff he had going on on this property. Talked to him yesterday for about a couple hours and talked about all the different experiences he's had on his property. So it should be an exciting night. I want to welcome Corky to the show. How are you doing? Doing pretty hey, good. Corky. Hi, Shannon. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Before we actually get into uh, all the stuff going on on your property, prior to all of this going on, on your property, what was your knowledge of the subject? I mean, what was your, how did you feel about the subject of Sasquatch? Good question. My father dragged me to a bunch of events as a child, seven, eight, nine years old. There was a viewing of the Patty film, like in 1975. And we went and I actually seen, I viewed it. I was probably, what, eight, nine years old at the time. Um, I was introduced to the film. Uh, I actually had an encounter myself 
at the age of 12, leaving my uncle's property on my way to my grandmother's house. I did not think it was a Bigfoot at the time. I They have a long lane that I had to travel, about a quarter of a mile. And I and I and as I was en route to grandmother's house, uh, I heard something following me up on the ridge. And when I stopped, it would stop. And I would look up, and I seen something looking back at me that I couldn't explain. I first thought it was a bear. Now, I'm in really good shape at that time, and I started, I took off running as fast as I could. And I heard it to the right of me up on that ridge run along right with me. And then I stopped. I looked back, and it stopped with me. And I actually thought I I can't, it's been such a long time ago, I swore I saw red eyes, but it could have been, it could have been something else. I can't put my finger on it. But anyhow, I ran down to grandmother's house in record time and told dad all about it. And he told me there has been, this is like 1979, 1980 at that time. And dad informed me um, this is the time where it was a local town, Minerva, was having a lot of problems, a lot of sightings with Sasquatch, and there was actual sighting in that area where we were at uh, six months prior. And he said, son, you probably saw a Squatch. And was I a believer? I'm just, I'm little. I don't know. I just, that's just what I was told. What time of day was it when you were That was 1130 at night, 11 o'clock. I had to be home by 11. So it's, let's say, 10 to 11. I had to be okay. I had to be down at grandmother's at eleven, and so it was right before the stroke of eleven. I ran down, yeah. So so from that point to I would say I was thirty years old. Deep down inside, I did not believe. Really, I because you know I just figured if the creature was real, that they would have found it by then. You know, um, you know the way the way every America's growing. It's less and less areas for from to live in. I just figured it must be just a myth. So I had mixed feelings, okay, as a child. I believed when I was young. As I grew older, I did. I really didn't believe, and that led into now that I believe. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's understandable. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, I know Shannon's originally from here in Washington, and so she understands how much open land there is. And I've never been to Ohio, but I know up here, like in Washington and Oregon, I think people out towards the East Coast would be kind of surprised at how much open land there is. But it's definitely mm-hmm. a valid type of feeling. You know, God, we've, we're expanding so much. Why hasn't this thing really been found yet? I think it has been. But I wanted to ask you, so you moved into where you're where you're at now and two years ago things started happening around the property do you want want us to kind of walk us through what was going on what you first noticed well what i did was uh there was first of all there was there was actual sighting seven miles north of where i lived at a undisclosed area uh made the papers there was uh investigators called in um i they had a town hall meeting i attended Anyhow, long story short, a month later, I decide to do a sound blast. Was get some friends over, just do a sound blast. Collected some sounds off the internet, 
broadcasted them within 45 minutes, we we had we had activity. We had whoops. We had growls. We had rocks thrown at us. So anyhow, after that event, uh, this was only a joke. All right, I was only doing this just to have fun. I was playing with it, and I think I did something. I went a little too far because after the party, uh, they didn't go away. I, I called them in. Um, I, I live on top of a ravine, and they there's a lot. It's they could. How do I word this? Um, there's a lot of cover. There's a lot of places for them to hide. Um, they can be back there and be totally undetected. They're only here from from what I've seen from July through October. That's when I have most of my activity. You invited some friends over. What sounds did you play? I I, I collected a series of different sounds from different websites, but I what I started with was the Sahara sounds. Interesting. Yes, yes, and it took about 45 minutes. Um, we would stop. We would shoot. We would shoot for 10 minutes intervals, and then stop, listen. 10 minutes, stop, listen. And after about 45 minutes, we stopped, and uh, we we started hearing stuff. We 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 first. My one buddy thought he heard a tree knock, so we're all listening, and uh, we heard another tree knock at another on top of the hill. And then there was some rustling in the in the brush down over the hill. And next thing you know, we've got small pebbles and rocks being hurled at us. So what's going through your mind at this point? There was a couple people there that were saying, oh, no, you didn't hear nothing. That wasn't, that's not, it was just a wild animal. Um, and then there was a few of us, it's like, let's go investigate. Let's go check this out. So bunch of us it was four of us we walked up on top of my hill and walked back into the second tier and and uh we all had flashlights and i had one of those little uh flashlights you put on your 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 forehead but anyhow i'm walking i walked probably about 40 yards back in on top and i panned down to the left and i got eye shine looking right back at us and two buddy of mine we both seen at the same time and we actually watched him duck his head into the high grass. We 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 stand there and we now he was probably 40 yards away from us, to the left, down into halfway down into the ravine, behind behind a tree and some heavy brush for cover. But for two seconds he stared at us, and it was it, it was kind of freaky. So we stopped. We we decided to turn around go back. We started walking back. Now I have a third tier above where we're walking. Be another about another 50 yards on up. And we heard something following us from the top of the ridge as we're walking back. Every time we stopped, it would stop. And it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was very exciting, but it was also um, scary at the same time. So we ended up going back to the house. And when we got back to the house, that is when we got the reports of uh, the people that were on the deck. They said, "They said, Cork, we've had we've had two rocks thrown at us since since you guys have been gone. Is any did anybody go down below us and throw rocks up at us?" I said, "No, we've been up on top of the hill." And uh, and it was probably about another half an hour later, another rock come in and hit the porch, and I actually took a picture of it and put it on my research page and. 
before we get too far along, did you guys have the impression that it was just one creature or possibly more than one? No, there was there was three of us. There was not three of us. There was three of them. Um, there was one down underneath our bridge, down the, uh-huh. off our property. There's a, there's a large bridge that goes over a creek. Um, there was one underneath there. There was there was one at somewhere where, where we seen at the ravine, and there was one up on the wood line close to uh, our property. So there were that I could count three three different events that three different creatures were were uh, reacting. This is the first year of this is kind of the first event over the first year. What are what else did you start to notice around the property? This would have been September twenty first of like two years ago. Shortly after we started hearing the tree knocks at night, hearing screams, I would hear I would even hear um a baby crying in the woods. Mm. Which which we never heard that before. You know, we actually heard a baby crying which was, was was just crazy. And I'm thinking, well, what animal would be crying like a baby? So that I decided to start, you know, doing audio recordings and at night. But what really but what really shook us up, it was probably a week later. Uh it was a Friday night. My son was a freshman, got home from with his football game and you know, his his responsibility is to, to put his beagle away at night when he come in. So he was, the beagle was on top of his box, and my son walked up to the box. He was petting his dog before he put it away. He's still fully dressed in his football uniforms, the shoulder pad, shirt, and everything. And he heard a crash come from the top of the hill on the right side and just, something running right at him and he looked up and there was a eight foot creature looking directly at him six feet away staring him down eye to eye my son reports seeing yellowish greenish yellowish golf ball sized eyes and then he said he heard a tree knock to his left extremely loud and then the beast took off and ran towards the other one who did the tree knocking. One thing my my son reported to me, he goes, Dad, it was crazy. He goes, I heard this thing crash down, come down over the hill. I thought he was going to take the dog. And he stopped. And then, then after we did a stare down, he said, when it took off, it was like it was floating. He goes, it moved so quick. But there was no sound. And then he looked, he, he, he just, he was just in shock. He's standing there. And then he seen another creature partially over the ravine looking back at him with red eyes. And he put his dog in the kennel and he ran in the house and he reported it to me. That's when I started the documentation. And I started next morning. I'm looking for sign. Next morning, he told me exactly where he, he was standing. I found tracks. And I'm my heart's racing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this really true? I We did a role play 
because my dad, my son said the one with the red eyes was only six foot tall. So we did a role play and I walked back to where he told me where it was and I stood where it was here. It was six feet over the ravine standing on a little ledge. So I went back there and stood and he said, he said, dad, it was six foot taller than you. So it had been every bit 12 foot tall. Yeah, the description he gave of it floating, I mean, I kind of understand what he's saying when you, when I, that's the first thing I remember what he said was uh, it had floated, like it had floated across the road. And they're so smooth, they're so fast, and they're so quick that when you see them, I can just imagine it taken off from directly in front of him and him having that impression of like, well, it just kind of floated away. It just kind of, I'm sure it's like no other animal he's ever seen. It, what was your impression of, of what was going on there? Do you think it was after the dog and then it, they kind of came yes. face to face? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what, that's what started happening after that event. Um, once, once this has been brought to my attention and I started, you know, uh, looking to, to see the creature myself and looking for any evidence that it leaves behind, I'm convinced now through, through the recordings that I'm doing at night that they were trying to intimidate the dog and they also tried intimidating us. Um, about a week later, again on Friday night, they had a home football game and just from the announcing from the speakers from the football game, which the, the football field's probably about a, a mile, a mile away from our ridge, and the echo coming down through the through the ravine, it just sounded it's it's just it's mangled and it's it sounds like what you would find in a haunted house, you know, really scary sounds. By the time it bounces off the hillside and it's and but anyhow, it was it was the following week. I'm I'm in the house and I hear something just going crazy at 8:30 at night um just beating on a tree outside and I open up a window actually my son's bedroom window and I hang my head out the window and there's I mean it sounded like a herd of elephants stomping their feet running through our woods and, I, and I'm listening. I can hear the echo of the football game just just roaring through our ravine. And these creatures who just recently came onto our property um, were very stirred up. They were upset. They were just pounding on the trees. They there was a a plastic sled that was left over the over the hill. They picked that up and just beat the tar out of this tree with this long plastic sled. And I I panicked and. I, I got online and I'm looking up for uh, a group I can call somebody who would know something on the subject. And uh, I ended up uh, calling someone from the Jawaspa project. And I had, I had, I, I, I hung my cell phone out the window and they, they were able to hear what I was hearing. <laughs> and their information to me was to go load my gun. So it was pretty intense. Yeah. You wonder what, how that sound mess with them i mean i can kind of get that from down in a ravine you know off in the distance there's a football game going on or a baseball game people are cheering and sound does weird things in the forest it bounces around and and it does a lot of weird things especially in little valleys and whatnot 
And it's just amazing that you, you think those two things are directly related. They were just tripping out over the sound and just tearing exactly. it apart. Yeah. Exactly what was going on, yeah. So, Corky, for you, you feel like they obviously, for a certain portion of the year, they live in extremely close proximity to your house. And that's, they yes. feel like that's their area. Exactly. Um, yeah, at night they would, they're, eventually they were, they, they started tossing little small rocks up on the deck and they were, they were pounding on my dog box. They were screaming. Well, one note I want to make quirky before we start getting into that is so that people listening so they understand, they started clear cutting an area kind of close to your property. I guess the theory goes that because of all that clear cutting going on, they've now changed their ranges and kind of where they're going. And it kind of funneled them into the backside of your property as a travel corridor. Is that kind of what you and I were talking about the other day? Yes. The the oil and gas industry hit our area right about this time. And, you know, they're, they're, they were clear cutting, they're running pipelines, they're drilling. And when they're drilling, they're, they run 30 days, 24 seven and with big lights and they're loud and, and, uh, yeah. So very easily these, these, these creatures have been pushed out of where they've probably been their whole lives and no longer feel comfortable. So they were pushed and they just recently showed up at our property. That is correct. One thing interesting about my property, it's probably one of the fourth highest points in our county. It's right where the glacier stopped. So we have, I mean, the town, the town that I live outside of, it sits down into a valley. There's a pretty big name creek that comes through that feeds into the Ohio River. You can easily cross through my property, the ridge, the whole way, and you can, you, you, you can see for miles. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very appealing for somebody who wants to get from one location to another and not be noticed. Well, talk a little bit about what was going on with the dog. So your son has this encounter um, where it comes up and does a bluff charge and they're looking at each other. It takes off. And then you, uh, and I want, there's so many things I want to get to. I want to get to the mimicking. I want to get to uh, the peeing story. But before we get jump ahead to any of that stuff, can you talk about kind of what happened next? You started noticing they were kind of terrorizing your, your dog. Right. Exactly. Um, again, a lot of my information was I'm being woken up in the middle of the night by the dog barking. And, and I got in a habit with, you know, opening up my bedroom window so I can hear all the sounds that's going on. And that's exactly what was going on was at night, they were trying to figure out how to get my dog out of that, that kennel. And they just couldn't do it. And they would, they would sit there and just antagonize him. Eventually they've, they've listened to us calling him. They know him by name. They were even calling him by name. So I found that incredibly interesting, um, that they were, they were trying to communicate with my dog and trying to lure him out of his cage. And I believe to harm him. So they would, they would, mimic your voice to call your dog out into the woods. Yes. Yes. The many times I've been in the evening, um, just, just walking around the backyard and I heard my voice or sounded like me yelling cookie. You know, I would always say cookie, 
sick. And I would hear that coming from the top of the hill. That, that is sounds correct. familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just dirt. No, she said it sounds familiar, and uh, it does sound very familiar. It's disturbing when people, I don't know why it disturbs me when people say that. Oh, um, and I believe you, Corky. We've heard it so many times from very legitimate people. This is kind of what they do. And I think you're right. I think they're probably trying to lure the dog out. Right. So they they kept coming and, and tormenting. I know uh, there was one time you're in the forest, and I don't want to get you too off, far off your timeline, but you and I were talking about um, you thought you heard your dog whimpering. Okay. Um, I'm squirrel hunting. I'm I'm sitting back on this the third tier, which would be the highest part of the ridge, and I'm looking I'm looking I'm just panning down I'm just I'm just looking for squirrels, and again it's uh, the time wise would be 4:30. Everything was quiet, then all of a sudden I heard my dog. He started barking. I'm trying I'm trying to locate you know because I'm 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 on top of the ridge. And I'm, I'm trying to get my bearings. Where's the sound coming from? Because it sounds like it's coming out of the bottom of the ravine. It's like the dogs and dogs, he runs on a chain. I have a, a runner. So, and it's like, wait a minute. There is no way my dog is down there in the ravine. I do not allow him in the woods when I'm hunting, um, especially squirrel. So uh, I'm sitting there. I'm just listening. I work my way down to the, the second tier. And I, and so I can get a better look down at the bottom. And I made it probably about a quarter, quarter ways down. And I found a nice tree to kneel down beside and, and just, I'm just trying to locate what, what's, what's making this noise. And it actually sounded like my dog was, was hurt. You know, it was like that type of noise. And then it started barking, like, just like my dog barks. I mean, the, perfect mimic and then i started whimpering like it was in trouble then i probably listened to this for about 20 minutes now it's getting close to five o'clock it's time to time to stop hunting when i got up and started walking away i made it up to the second tier and i'm walking back home as i'm leaving i heard a tree knock down below so he was either tipping off that i was getting up leaving or something like that. I'm not sure. But I walked down to the house and the dog was fine. He's sitting there. He was happy to see me. And, and, uh, it just, it just really made me think, okay, what was, what was making this noise sounding like my dog down the bottom of that ravine. Now, mind you, down the bottom of this ravine is, is swampy area. Um, there's a lot of springs coming off our hill. And so there's, in return, there's a lot of high grass, vegetation, briars. I mean, we can be five feet away from each other in that ravine. We wouldn't be able to see each other. It's it's pretty thick stuff. Cookie, with the, the mimicking that it was doing, and you were listening for about 20 minutes, did you think that whole time that that really was your dog, or was there just something off about it? I thought it was my dog for the first minute or two, and then I realized, you know, um, the events that, that, that just taken place recently. And it's like, there's no way I'm going down there. Right. <laughs> just, just not doing it. I mean, um, first of all, at that point in time, I did not know much about the subject. If that is what was making that noise. And 
the more I learned, the more um, I realized that uh, I could be walking into a dangerous situation. Yeah, it sounds like a trap. It um, actually felt like I was being lured down into an area where there was no way out. Yeah, and that's disturbing in itself. So back on your property, did it continue with the tormenting of the dog? I mean, did that continue to go on? Yes. I mean, it's it's night. It's not night after night. Um, it's not like their main focus, the dog. Okay, they they were what 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 from the information I gathered through the audio, they were real curious about us in general. Uh, they would always with when they would uh, come up to the property at night, they would always toss a pup pebble up on to either hit the house or hit the deck before they would come out and you know they'd get braver and braver each time they would come and eventually you know they made their way up onto the deck looking into the house tapping on our windows communicating um i believe they work in threes from from the audio um i have a recording on my research page it's called corky's research i think it's titled bigfoot in the ghost train well if you would if you would play that that audio at eight minutes and fifty eight seconds, that I have a recording of them throwing the pebble, hitting the house, and with a gargling whistle. And then they were the next. That was the, I believe the juvenile doing that, and then the alpha male was doing the the mimicking up by our burning area. And it was actually, it made, I mean, it was almost, it was a gargle noise. It was, my dog don't make that type of noise, but it made the gargle noise. And then it went into the, the, the mimicking of my dog barking. Now, when, when these two events took place, my dog went nuts. Um, and I actually have a recording of it. So if you feel free, you can check that out. And Cookie, you guys have been inside the house and have seen, like massive dark shapes outside the windows, that kind of a thing, like after they've thrown the pebbles, like you've seen I've them in, you said? My bedroom, yeah. my bedroom is on the second floor, and unfortunately my one dresser is up against the window where I can't just look out the window. I I hear them footsteps, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've got to, like I said, I hear, it's mainly the recordings is what I have. I've actually, I can peppers, in the fall as well. And I can tell you last year, I, I put up probably 30, 30 pints of, of hot peppers and it requires a bunch of chopping of garlic. And I only took the best pieces of the garlic that went in my peppers. So I have all these stems and pieces of garlic. I probably had about a quart and a half of pieces of garlic. I left that on the banister and I set the recorder out that night to see what would happen. I, again, he came up and came up on the porch, and he walked over, hit the picnic table. Uh, he was kind of clumsy, and then he went over, and I, I have a recording of him sniffing, and it sounded, and, and half the the garlic was taken, and then he sneezed after he was sniffing. He sneezed, and then he let out a belch. So I don't know if he was eating it, but there was a belch, and then uh, I'm trying to trying to recall. Yes, that was that was the recording where uh, I actually played it for a buddy of mine 
were after after he sniffed after he messed with that garlic he he was he was actually uh talking he actually he was talking like a drunk guy like like something like that um i got i got a recording of that which i totally blew me out of the water um, is that available online as well corky mm, i have, i don't believe i put that online no okay. no i didn't um, but I can, I can find it and I can probably get it to you guys or get it up on the webpage. Um, I do have a lot of audio files and they're not organized, unfortunately. Um, but it takes, it, it takes a long time to, to, to listen through them and find the exact, yeah, exact episodes of what I'm talking about. But, uh, as, as, but most of the events, they come onto the property. They they inspect it to make sure nobody's around, and then they move their focus to my dog. So there's a lot of tree knocks involved. Uh, your standard, you know, your whoops and whistles, uh, but eventually it leads to beating on the dog kennel. You know, trying to get that dog out of the kennel. Yeah, and you heard that one night, didn't you? Them, yeah. right? I mean, to cut you off. Um, it woke you heard me up. Yeah. Tell that story, Corky, the, the, when they were beating on it and then you could hear them kind of chattering back and forth. Well, that's, that's exactly what took place is I heard a big crash. I was, then I woke up, I got my bearings and, and the dog is just barking like no tomorrow. I'm like, what's going on? That is, that is the night. Um, but there was some really crazy activity. I, I opened up my son's window. I seen something moving back in behind our trees. Again, I'm just waking up. I'm trying to focus. It's pitch dark. And all I can hear is just crashing and beating. That that evening, the juvenile was up on the porch messing around. He took he took a, a stick and beat it actually on our deck. I, I did hear that. Then, then it was messing with um, the air conditioner. It was it was plucking the air conditioner like it was a guitar. I actually have, I actually uploaded, a, I believe, a photo up on your page. It's on my research page of the damage they did to to the, to the, the air conditioner, the AC unit. Um, but again, that adult male stayed back away, and he was like giving instructions to the other two. You know, he was doing gibberish. He was he was he, the juvenile was making a clicking noise with his tongue, answering the alpha male, and the alpha male was doing like a samurai talk, you know, like a a lot deeper. And then, then after the the alpha male was given instructions, next thing I know, I hear the crashing, just just wailing on the top of my my dog box and that's when i opened up my son's room when my my son's bedroom window and uh and yelled the next morning i'm out there taking a look around to see you know what the heck was going on and that's when we right behind the dog kennel we found a a small tree that's been twisted in half and total tree twist a twist um just mutilated this tree um there was another 
there was another tree that was a little sapling where he just just shredded it. We found tracks right by the tree twist. Fortunately, it's rained uh, often that week. So my ground is normally rocky. It's real mountainousy, rocky, hard. So it's hard for me to get a cast. But fortunately, we've had, at this point in time, quite a, quite a bit of rain. And he left a really nice prints. And I was able to get a cast out of some dental stone. When all, we hear these noises going on, does it ever cross your mind to go run down there and flip the lights on and see what's going on? I I do have a high-power flashlight, and that's what I was doing in my son's room at 4.30 in the morning, shining. And when I did that, I seen something large and black was work running back, not running, but moving away from me, climbing back up in the hill. And that's really all I seen that night. So, yeah, I do have a high-powered 900 aluminum flashlight. I was wondering about the dogs because we hear this a lot that they like to mess with dogs. Like they're just always angry with dogs. I was wondering, would there be any reason that your particular dogs might be an annoyance to them? Like do they bark a lot at random times during the day or night or anything like that? Yes, um, he does like to bark. Um, Anything that moves through our woods, he lets everybody know or he's very territorial. I actually put put our dog on on his leash, and I took him I took him back up uh, where these creatures were were uh, in the area where we believe they were, and he got on their scent, and he started taking us way back in the back. I mean, he wanted to go. He was he was literally pulling me to to follow that scent. I I stopped him. I didn't I didn't want any problems. So. But he wanted, he wanted, he was acting like a bloodhound um, one one morning when I let him out. I mean, the dog's really passive. He's normally, he really just, just let me out when he do my business. No, there was none of that. We let him out one morning after a long night where the creatures were, were screwing with him. And he instantly went into like a bloodhound effect and just started sniffing the ground really bad. And he would he went around to the backside of his his uh, dog box, and the first thing he did was he peed on his dog box. Now, my dog never does that. And and for a few weeks later, that's all he was doing is wanting to pee on this one spot of his dog box and just sniffing the ground, and, and he started barking, and he looked back at me, and he's barking at me, and he's sniffing the ground and barking more, and he's, he's looking up in the woods, and... And just like, he's just trying to communicate with me, you know, this is where he was. This is what he did, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dog, dog understands he thinks he's pretty safe, but, uh, he's, he gets very, he gets very upset when these creatures do come around. Yeah. And I know one of the things that, um, I guess we should probably mention is, uh, the unintentional feeding that you were doing of them. You know, you had a compost pile and any leftovers you were kind of putting them, throwing them in this compost pile. And didn't you notice that they were starting to take stuff out of that? They were actually going through the yeah. leftovers that were being thrown. And do you still do that by yeah. chance? Do you, do you still do the leftovers? Then, yeah, actually, I I do right now because, um, like I said again, they're they're not here, and I don't notice any activity. It starts usually sometime in July. Yeah. So I don't believe they're around right now. So yes, I will. I will fill out my scraps now, 
I'll either give them to the dog, or if it's parts that the dog can't eat, I'll throw it over our hill into the ravine and let the animals eat it. I will do that now, but I did learn the hard way not by doing that that first year. That that's I believe that's one of the reasons why they started coming back because you know three or four nights a week they were getting leftovers from dinner and uh, they found a free meal and you know yeah. if they're easy if they meal. are scavengers at night and they're looking for anything I mean yeah that's an easy meal um, I had uh, I threw I threw a turkey out and yeah it was gone by morning. You know, yeah. um, then then I started noticing, you know, they had a path that was coming off the top of the hill on the side of the ravine down the tree line. And I'm seeing large footprints. I put my foot up beside it and it's like it's twice, three times as wide as mine. It's like, wow, I'm just t- totally amazed. I took pictures and put it on my research page. And that's what started. Um, I said, I need to start document this. Um, so it's time stamped, you know, I can, I can, I can, uh, use it. I can use the information in the future. If people ask me, well, when did this happen? That way it right. would be time stamped. So yes, I started, I started a research page and started recording all of this activity around the house. Every couple of weeks, take a walk, take a hike back up on the ridge. And then I started noticing my trees are being knocked over and it just like, the first year, I probably counted nine, ten trees. You know, we're talking anywhere from six to ten-inch trees are being pushed over. Now, these are this is like in the back part of the property where it's a very narrow area, which I call the second tier, and they were knocking over trees like, don't come this way. You know, they're like barriers. Last July, there's probably 20 trees down that they've knocked over. Yeah, and you're not so, only seeing just knocked over trees, but I've looked at a lot of your photos and you have some really good stuff in there, but you'll see trees that are snapped, you know, 10, 12 feet off the ground, it looks like, and these are huge, huge trees that are just broke. Um, right. Something broke them. I mean, that, and there's a lot going on w- with a lot of these photos, uh, stuff that, and obviously you're not faking quirky, but I'm saying if people out there look at it, I, I don't know how you could snap a tree, some of those trees that you see that far up. I mean, this isn't like weather damage. This isn't somebody out there chopping with a, uh axe. I mean, this exactly. is like some yeah. took the tree and just snapped it in half. It's an intentional, exactly. Very um, intentional, yeah. So I had a couple of friends I was communicating with last year, and I invited them down. And I took them up to the second tier, and I was showing them some of my evidence. And on our way back, we stopped and looked way up on top of the hill, and this is the first time I ever seen this. We we seen a tree. It was it was right up to the big field. Now, mind you, I can only see like half of the top of the tree because we're way down below it. But something at the bottom of that tree was rocking this tree back and forth, and all of a sudden, if it went from like a clock from twelve o'clock to ten o'clock. And then it sprung back up. And this wasn't a small tree. You know, this, this tree was every bit, you know, 80 foot off the ground. And the only two things that could have done that was a bear or a squatch. Before we get to your encounters, you know, when you actually 
saw them. Uh, one of the stories I wanted you to kind of recount, because it was an interesting story. I've been told off of the air, the, as you and I talked about, Corky, I've been told the same story off the air. We've never really put anything like this on the air. Uh, but Mike Humphreys almost had an identical story like this. I have another gentleman who had an identical story like this. Uh, can you tell the story about when you found the bedding area and then decided to urinate all over it? Okay. Now, this this refers to um, when they really made they really first made their presence on my property. Okay. And I'm thinking I need to deter them. Now, at the time, I didn't have any IR cameras up, and I was being advised I needed to get some. Now I found I found a spot where this creature has made an area over the ravine where where he's taking two trees that were that were grown up out of the ravine. It's, it's like it's like a sixty foot high wall, just straight down. Um, he picked up an old dead tree, carried it up, and lodged it in between the two trees. And he what he was doing was he made himself a platform where he can he can stand on. And if he stands up, he can look over the ravine and, and watch our dog and then easily just duck down. Um, he actually has, he had a little platform there and he was getting, just making himself just a little bit too comfortable. And, and I started calling around, talking to people about what can I do to get rid of these? And, and they, they said, well, you need to put an IR camera up. Well, I didn't have the funds at the time. So I decided to, I'm just going to walk up to his area and I'm just going to pee all over it, you know, to let him know this is, this is, this is, this is mine. This is, this is our property. You're not welcome here. I mean, if he's a wild animal, he would understand that, you know, and, you know, I didn't think nothing about it. And again, I'm in the habit of recording my, my, my evenings because the action, the activity is just unbelievable at this time. And, uh, so I, I set up my audio recorder the following night or that night and, uh, the, the following evening I'm listening to it and I actually hear the pebble hit the house. Um, he's making sure the coast is clear. It's right around 3 a.m. in the morning. He comes up on my deck. He, he taps on the window. I hear a tapping noise on glass. And then the next thing I hear is, him urinating on my port of my deck and i'm like are you kidding me so this thing's trying to dominate me it's like i peed in his area he came up onto our deck and peed and and there and it smelled like urine the next morning i'm like yeah. are you kidding me till this day my dog box has a very distinct smell of where that squatch was peeing on his box as well i mean it's it's rank. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, Mike Humphreys had a similar story to that. He kind of did the same thing and and had the same type of of result. Let's jump into your encounters. Tell us kind of what you were doing and and what happened when you the first time you had seen them. We actually had another event, uh, another evening where he had pushed over a wild cherry tree right behind the dog kennel, and. I went ahead and, and, uh, you know, cut up that firewood and split it and fall was setting in and I said, I have, I'm just going to burn it. And, uh, and that's what I did. It was like 5.30 in the evening and I started a fire and, 
and uh, the all the ground was soaking wet. So when the when the fire started, you know, it smoked very very bad, and that smoke just got sucked down into the ravine. It was just traveling all the way back to the hillside. I would say 10 minutes later, I heard something out of the bottom of that ravine just crash and just run as fast as possible up on the ridge. Now, I bet it took them nine seconds to get to the top. And at this point in time, I couldn't see what it was, but it was massive, whatever it was. It was just massive. It just, it just when it, when it, when it was just running, you, I could hear it. It was breaking brush. It was, it was, it was just, it was just, it was on a mission. So the following day, I, I wanted to have another fire, see if what would happen. So I, I again, I, I repeat the process. I, I light the fire, and I'm sitting there, and it's about 5:30 in the evening, and, and I'm just, I'm just, just looking for any type of movement. You know, I'm a hunter, so I mean, I'm looking. I'm, I'm trying, trying to finally, you know, get my class A sighting. And uh, I'm sitting in, sitting in my lawn chair. I'm just just panning, and all of a sudden, I saw him. He was he was poking his head out behind of a tree. I just repaired my buddy's parabolic, so I was testing it. I grabbed that and it had a little viewfinder through this parabolic, um, six times power, I believe. And I'm looking through this viewfinder, and I can see him as plain as day. Now the lay of my land slopes uphill, so I could only catch the upper part of his body. But this creature had to be every bit somewhere in the ballpark between 11 to 12 foot tall, and he was dark red, like a red-tailed fox. He kept his distance, but I seen the 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 face. The he, he had a forehead. He had a long long wide nose, um, long hair coming off of his cheeks, four to six inches. But, I mean, he did, this, this creature does not camouflage well. It was red. At this point in time, we're talking at 9.30 in the morning. This would have been uh, a Saturday morning when I, when I seen this creature. Now, I seen three of these guys uh, all in one week of last September. And so I kept I kept playing with that campfire each day to see if I can get another sighting. And I started to well, fire maybe, one night. It was, I'm kind of curious, what when you were looking at it, what was your impression of it? First, the very first impression of, of seeing this creature made my hair stand up on the back of my neck. Let that be said. And then once I realized he is leaning up against the tree, he's not being aggressive, I, I remained motionless. And I watched him for about 15 minutes. And we just, we just looked at each other back and forth. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was seeing something that appeared to be somewhat human looking, but in the, in the same tense, something I've never seen before in my life. And it's like, what I imagine, what my, what, what it would, what it would appear, what it would be, what my first experience would look like, it was totally way off. He was very unique looking. Um, he was, he had, he was making expressions on his face. He was really watching me. He was seeing what I was doing. 
And then I remember looking away and then looking back and he was gone. And then a few minutes later, I would say six to ten minutes later, I looked back and he came back for a brief moment and then he then he was gone again. Corky, what were the expressions that it was making or your impression of the expressions he was making? He was he was he was making um I I could see him like rolling the upper lip. The upper lip with the, I was looking mm-hmm. through the parabolic, and he he kept lifting up that upper lip. He wasn't making no noise. I mean, now mind you, he was he wasn't that close. I was looking I was looking through a magnifier to view him, but yeah, he kept he kept rolling his upper lip up. Um, and like I said, there was there was hair. The, the hair was hanging from his face. The, the cheeks had hair. Above the lip had hair, and it and, and it hung off his chin. Okay, but the forehead had no hair. There was, I mean, the the wind was coming down off the hill, and I could smell a very strong sulfur, uh, musty dog smell that was permeating through the air. And then once he left, so did the smell. Did it make you think twice about going back out there squirrel hunting? Well, now I won't go in the woods without with somebody else i have a buddy of mine i'll call if i'm going to do any hiking or hunting or you know yeah i i refuse to go in the woods by myself now it's it's from everything especially after i turned into your show and started listening you know um from everything that i was taught as my father when i was a young man the old information was vegetarian leave them alone they'll leave you alone well you know, I started listening to the Squatch Chronicles, and you guys have a 180-degree different idea of, you know, that these creatures are not safe, and they they are hunting people sometimes. People in the 411, people are coming up missing. No, I'm not going to go by myself uh, into an area where I know where these creatures are. Yeah. I know you describing the the red one, but it made me think, you know, you're seeing this thing up there and it's watching you and it's keeping a close close tabs on you and it's nine thirty in the morning. It almost makes you wonder if it was kind of a sentry for the group, if the group was nearby sleeping and oh, you were just kinda yeah. keep it it was keeping an eye on you. Uh so if the after if you have this encounter, you go back Night after night, you light the fire up, and what happened next? I, I believe it was a Thursday. Around 5.30, I go ahead and start a fire again, get out the lawn chairs. Really nothing's going on yet. Um, my son comes outside. Now, the whole time, you know, my son has been – He, know, I've been telling my son what's been happening, uh, a lot of the events, a lot of the recordings, you know, I, I, and I've – I, we talk about this every day. I'm trying to get more out of his story because he was totally shell-shocked when he had that one um, bull rush him. So I'm sitting there. He sits down. We're talking. And I was I was, I was, was telling my son, um, my Class A sighting, where I saw this red one. And I said, he, you know, I pointed. And this is where he's at. Keep an eye out right there. Um, we might get lucky and get another view of him. So we're sitting there, we're just chatting. Then we hear a tree knock from top of the hill. It was probably probably the next 15 minutes. 
that we had one of them playing peekaboo with us behind a tree on the very top of the hill. I seen him first. I pointed him out to my son. My son watched that tree for about another five more five more minutes, and then my my son saw him peeking on the other side, and he was he was he was uh, swaying back and forth, and and then he stepped out of the tree, so he was in full view. Now, we both watched this thing. I mean, again, this this creature was all in red. He was just watching us just checking our fire out i think is what he was doing and he wasn't frightened he was he was approximately 80 yards up on the hill above us just standing there watching us my son got up from his chair walked over to the edge of the ravine and looked up another angle and he yelled dad there's two of them i see another and I said, what, what color is he? He said, he's all black, Dad. He's, he said he's only about, looks, he's, he's shorter. He's not as tall as the other. And I said, well, how tall? He said, probably eight foot. So there were two of them up there watching us. And Dad, Corey, come back over and said, Dad, I want to go in. I said, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And for two of them watching us, I, we just went in. So we we gathered our things. So no, I left my lawn chairs there, and we went in the house, and we watched from the window, but we we didn't see him, you know, come down or check us out or anything. But you we, can't blame me there, right? But we we both had another class A class A sighting, and I'm telling you what, it's almost like a high. I mean. It's it's crazy. I mean, it, this is so addictive. I can't wait to see them again. But in in but in the other hand, I don't want them here. You know what I mean? It's 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 like mixed emotions. You know, I know I know. In one hand, they can kill you and rip your arms off and legs off and and possibly eat you. And on the other hand, it is the most exciting creature. It's a very interesting creature that I'm I'm wanting to learn more about. It's kind of a, the adrenaline rush, you know, either people take two separate paths after they've had an encounter, they'll either freak out, shut down, and don't talk about it, or they'll want to see them again. But even when you freak out, shut down, and don't want to talk about it, you eventually get to a point where you almost kind of want to see it again. You almost kind of want to, you know, you, you really want to see them again. So I can understand that. How is your son doing? I know he's kind of going, is he still kind of having a tough time after his encounter? Yes. Yes. My, my, my son, my, my son is still traumatized from the event. Um, he refuses to talk anything about it. Um, if I bring the subject up, he'll leave the room. He doesn't want to hear about it. He's had nightmares. He's actually drawn sketches of the creature. Um, totally shell, shell shocked. He he had a bad experience. He he did talk to somebody at school, and they they started making fun of him. Fun, they started making fun of him, and it didn't go well. And he he just he's he's totally in in one hand. I took him to Salt Fork with me last summer camping, and we had some activity down there, and he enjoyed it. Thought it was fun and all. But the minute we came back home, you know, it was 
okay, I don't want I don't want to talk about it no more. He just he yeah. shuts down when he comes back here. Yeah, and I can't blame I can't blame him. And and like I said, you have my cell phone number, Corky. If he wants right. to call in and talk to me, you know, have him do it. I mean, off the air, I'd be happy to to talk with him. I mean, I can understand that feeling. God, especially since it's your home, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. You're safe. I did. I did. I did talk to him about it, and and I said, if you want to talk to Wes, I said he's glad to hear your story, and you know he's pretty knowledgeable on the the subject, and he might be able to help you on how to dealing with it because you're not the only one this happened to. Yeah, I mean, and I had my own aggressive encounter, so I can understand completely the way he's feeling. You know, I I mean, God, I I think anyone that had that type of encounter that he had. Um, I can't imagine them feeling any other way, especially when one charges you. I think probably what happened just from hearing a small portion of the story, uh, like we mentioned, I think it was probably after the dog. You know, these things tend to go for an easy meal. And I think probably when it got face to face with your son, I know Shannon hears me say to my girlfriend when we go out, don't run. Whatever you do, do not run. Um, and I think what he did in that situation is is perfect. He didn't run. He stood there and stood his ground. And these things are, as you know, Corky, these things aren't stupid. You know, it it, uh, probably realized at that moment, even though he's looking at a 14, 15 year old kid, he's got his shoulder pads on. He's he's obviously not running. He's not scared there. You know, for a meal, that's probably going to be your last choice for a meal because it may not be worth it in the end. You know what I mean? Exactly. From from their point of view. Have you noticed any deer kills? Have you noticed any animals or livestock being killed around the area? Well, I can. I will share with you that our neighbor's dog came up missing right before all this started. It was a blue healer. And this dog ran. The owner didn't keep it tied up. So it's. it would, you know, I'd let my dog out at 7 o'clock in the morning and within a minute the the blue healer would be down there trying to eat my my dog dog food i don't think the owner really fed it so it was always down here scavenging some food and so it was just like it was like clockwork every morning uh the blue healer would be in the backyard and right at this right about this time um beginning i would say i would say sometime in july he just stopped coming around, and and I and I next time I seen the landowner, he, he the landowner believes a bunch of coyotes got him. Um, we don't know for sure. He just knows it came up missing. Now we do have we did have a high population of coyotes in our, on our property. It wasn't it wouldn't be nothing to to go out and you know when I'm, when I'm deer hunting you'd see them like crazy. One evening I watched three or four coyotes chase four or five deer across the field trying to get a meal. So we have, we, we had a lot of coyotes and ever since um, the activity started around here in the last couple of years, I have not seen a coyote at all. I mean, I believe they're gone. I believe that is what the, the main, the main menu on their diet I believe the squatch like these coyotes. I truly do, because they were a real nuisance around here, and there's not one left. 
Corky, what about your neighbors? Do you talk to them at all? Have any of them reported activity around their houses? I have I have a neighbor not too far away from me that she actually called me to come out to take a walk on her property because her son reported to, to them. They, she was out on his four-wheeler, and him and his buddies were out riding out on their farm. And this was at night, full moon. And they looked, they, they looked up the hill and they actually seen what appeared to be a very tall beast, hairy beast looking down at them. And they had, they seen prints and tracks. Uh, I went to school with the mom. She knew about my research page and she contacted me and asked me to come out. And I called a couple of my friends from the Sosby group and we went out there and, and, uh, did a night investigation and, there, there, there is activity out of out at their farm. They, she just, she just contacted me not too long ago, asking, will they eat cats? And I, I said, I believe they, they, they do eat the cats because she's missing a couple of her cats now. But yeah, so I do have, I do have some neighbors um, that have have reports of squatch activity. Yes. And one, I guess, one thing that I think is valid to point out. You know, we talk about these trail cameras all the time and the infrared and how they don't like the infrared. Obviously, we're hypothesizing they don't like the infrared. But there's been a lot of reports, you know, like I told you, with the Siege of Honabi um, and other reports that I've taken from people who, the minute they start putting up infrared cameras around their property, I know Mike, <laughs> Mike Humphreys, uh, he had drilled these I think I told you that the, um, these trail cameras, he had drilled them into this home underneath his window. So they'd stop coming up and tapping on the window. And he told me it worked. They had stopped them from doing it. But you kind of had noticed that too with your dog, your dog kennel. Can you talk a little bit about that? You put up infrared. Sure. Sure. Yeah. First of all, um, a buddy of mine offered to set up some trail cams for me. He's because he's because I was complaining that you know and they're getting awful they're getting just too close they're getting too close it's it's I'm starting to fear for my life now I'm afraid they're going to break into the house so buddy of mine came down we set three trail cameras up on different points all different areas of the property it didn't the trail cams the trail cams did not deter them um, up in the woods they started moving the trail cams, you know, facing them down. We had one on a, a tree that was falling over. I had it like guys and they, 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 they changed the location of it. So it's looking straight down. Um, at another location, they actually moved the cam 90 degrees. And, and I'm keeping an eye on these. And, and, uh, one, one Saturday morning, I walk up to the top of the hill. This is in the morning time. I've seen that the camera's been moved. So I'm, I'm taking the bungee cords off. I'm resituating it and getting it back. I have it, I have it aimed on the kennel. So if something comes in on the kennel, I'm going to get video of it or a picture. So I'm, I'm resituating the camera and I hear, I hear all of a sudden this, this real loud high pitch sound that I've never heard before. The next thing I know, it felt like I got hit in the chest with a brick and I instantly got ill and dropped on my knees. 
I don't know if that's what you call the infrasound, but I was being bombarded by something that really made me ill. I mean, it shook me up for days when, when, when this, when this was, when this was hitting my chest, it took everything I could to step behind the tree to block it so I can get my bearings to figure out, okay, which way's home. Now, mind you, I'm at clear top of my, top of my hill. All right. I was that disoriented. I'm within, um, 90 yards of my home and I was totally did not know which way was up or down. And it really affected me. I was, I, I felt the effect for two days. And I, I do believe I actually threw up that evening because of being hit with something from that creature. Was it just that one incident that, that made you sick, Corky? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Once is this enough, is, I'm sure, but they, yeah. They, they moved the camera and I was readjusting the camera at the time. Uh-huh. And, I actually heard this high-pitched noise coming from the field, um, which was probably about 50 yards in, in front of me off to my right, off our property. And I heard this high-pitched hum or whatever you want to call it. And I wasn't even looking. I was, I was getting the bungee cord connecting to the camera. And, and, uh, once, once that was done, I looked into that field. I stepped out, out away from the trees into a clearing. And I'm looking into the field, and it, I got hit like a brick. It's kind of strange timing, don't you think, while you're messing with the cameras? Oh, it definitely, it definitely did not want me messing with that camera. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. that's not the first time. I was telling Wes when we were talking, the intro to your guys' show, when they said I was running down the hill, and not, not, not your show right now, but like four, six months ago, you guys had the exact sound on your intro of that 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 high pitch noise, and that's what yeah. attracted me to your show because I'm trying to figure out what the heck what 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 was that noise? What did I just hear? And and you guys have it recorded on your intro, so right. that's what lured me into your show. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious around the dog pen, you had put up infrared cameras or infrared lights and they stopped messing with your dog at that point. Yes, I did find something that worked and it works very well. From Harbor Freight, they're they're um an IR night like what you what you would install in a hallway of someone's house. It's battery operated. Um a bunch of LEDs. Um there might there are probably twenty LEDs in each one. Well I mounted a pair of these 15 feet back behind the dog kennel onto those pine trees, one on each side in their motion. So it was, it was really, it was really nice. So I could, you know, I put the dog away at night and my motion set them off. It lit the whole area very, worked very well. And then once I had those installed, they've never bothered the dog since. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And you, and you hear so much from what Corky's saying that we've heard in the past. I mean, there's just, there's so mm-hmm. much to it. You know, a lot of people, like even with the siege of Hanabi, things started ramping up. A difference, though, I think with uh, how these things are, is they're only there, it seems like, for a certain period of time. 
and then they're going through a travel corridor, moving to another feeding area. What's kind of next in your your plans as far as as we come up to July again? Uh, you know, obviously we're hoping they'll they'll or I assume you're hoping they'll come through that area again. But what's kind mm-hmm. of next in your your plans for uh, the next time that they pass through? I really, with some luck, I really hope this year I can actually get some good video or pictures of the creature. I mean, I would love to be able to prove the existence of them. And, Corky, is it the the alpha male, the assumption of the alpha, the big red, is that the one that usually comes up to the house then, you think? No, no, no. He, the, the alpha stays back. He, okay. he sends out, he sends out the commands and then the others, they have like a small clan. There's either three or four of them. I believe there's, there's a female, there, the adult alpha, there's a juvenile, and then there's a baby. I actually, the cast that I made that's on my research page, it's 13 inches long and right around seven and a half inches wide at the very top, thickest part of the 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 the, the casting um and i believe that is the juvenile the 13 yeah. inch yeah the, the juvenile is is the one that's the curious that comes up on the porch that's you know real wants to look in the windows wants to tap on glass play with the baffles of uh, the ac unit um yeah it's i believe it's the juvenile have you ever seen them up in the trees at all at Salt Fork, we have with a flare. Yes. Oh, cool. But not on my property. Not on my property. What makes you think there's a baby there? I I have found tracks of, uh, it's only about six inches long and about three inches wide. Tracks of a little baby. Tracks of a little baby uh, footprint. I actually have a photo of it and uh, it's up on my research wall. Do you have any ideas as far as getting pictures or any any videos? Do you have any, are you thinking about this next year, kind of some plans that you're going to try, some ideas you're going to try? There's a member, there's a member um, of our, our Sawsby group. She, she has the flair and I'm hoping to invite her over and uh, do a night investigation. I, you brought something to my attention that I, I may try. Like I said, I do a sound blast once a year usually September 21st um, on the anniversary from the first party night that we had. I also did, I had another following party where I invited all the Sosby group up and we did a night investigation. And the funny thing about this is when I, I actually put all these uh, investigators uh, back on my property and we, we were there all night long. And when we first went back, back up on top of the hill, we had a rock thrown at us, but, and it not, all the rest of the activity soon stopped, and they moved on. And I did my sound blast that evening, and then later, um, now mind you, everybody's out in the woods, and we're communicating by, by cell phones, text messaging back and forth, and the activity was across the road. Uh, we, we had two rocks thrown at us on my deck, but no activity, no activity behind my house back in the woods. Those creatures are so smart. They knew we were back there. They circled around. They crossed, they crossed Route 30 and they were on the other side of the road. And when I, when I finished sound blasting, I walked 
to the north end of my deck, and I'm just just looking over the hill from my deck, and a, a rock come hurling in and hit the railing. I would say six inches from where my hand was. Now, wow. everybody is back behind my property. We're talking way back in. We're talking way back in. We're talking, you know, good 50-minute hike. And this rock come from the other direction, and they all came back, you know, um, we, we didn't get nothing. You know, and I understand when you're out going out for a squash night and you look, even if you're in a, uh, an area that gets a lot of activity, a lot of times they won't do anything. Because it's not every night. It's just every couple nights when you're lucky, you know, they make themselves known. But that, that night I've had, I had two rocks got hurled in. Um, I had two friends sitting on the porch that was just monitoring the situation, just wanted to experience it. And they're the ones that said, wow, that was a rock. You know, and I said, exactly. They're not behind, they said, they're not behind our, our house. They're across the road. So that's how smart they are. Um, and it was a pretty good shot too. Exactly. I will share, I will share one other thing. You know, everyone, everyone I've heard, I've heard a lot of uh, people say, well, they're not very accurate. They're kind of clumsy. They, they just, well, I kind of disagree because one, I do have an experience where I was minding my own business just by the campfire. And this was probably a week after I had my class A sighting in September. I had a walnut hurled at me. If I was going to guess 60 miles an hour, that hit the inside of my thigh. Okay. And now mind you, I'm, I'm viewing the top of my hill looking to have another sighting. And this came from below the ravine. So I would, I would say, I would say it was, it was, it was very easy to say 60 plus yards away. And for, for them to hit me right where they hit me, I'm sitting in a chair. Okay. Mm-hmm. And to hit me with a walnut, I mean, it come in hot. Like, like I would say a bit what a 12 year old could do with a baseball. It come in hot and they weren't messing around. So I looked, <laughs> I've had many warning warning shots where they miss you by six or 10 feet. They're just lobbing them in to say, Hey, get out right. of here. This time he, he hit dead center. Did you stay after that? <laughs> no, I actually, actually got up. I got, I actually, uh, yeah, I went inside and, uh, and I had a bruise there for a month. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. yeah Acorns don't fall up hills, right? You're just like, uh, exactly. Sure These are I walnut. know what that was. <laughs> yeah. Or, a walnut. Yeah, walnut with, yeah. You know, with the husk on it. So, I mean, we're talking ouch. about half the size of a baseball. Yeah. Ouch. So, that's terrible. Yes. It was, it, it hurts. Hearing you talk, Corky, it's like a checklist of things that we have heard before. And it's just amazing. They're, they're very intelligent and they definitely, you know, tend to have the same behaviors all over the country. It's very interesting. You know, there's, like Shannon says, there's a lot of the behavior that we hear. There's a lot of, a lot of things going on there. The only thing, you know, obvious advice I'd give you is be careful uh, because, you know, I think at the end of the day, you are dealing with a wild animal. So definitely be, be careful. I mean, it's not a wild boar that's just going to, you know, they're going to pick and choose their battles. But it's interesting, like the baby crying mimic that you heard. I've heard that one too. 
Um, I've had mm-hmm. a few people tell me they thought, you know, uh, they heard a baby crying out in the woods and they were about halfway into going to find out where the baby's crying. Uh, they realized it wasn't quite a baby. It was, it was off a little bit. There was something yeah, not quite right about reports. it. Yeah. I don't um, like those. That creeps me yeah. Out. And, the, and then they felt like they're being lured into uh, the forest. You know, it's, it, you'd mentioned the train uh, before Corky with regard to the, what I think you called the ghost train. And, you know, we were always mimicking that sound. And I think I told you that uh, Mike Humphreys, they kind of lived kind of by a, a road, a, the highway. He was talking about how they would mimic the sounds of trucks passing by. And it threw, always threw him off because he didn't quite, couldn't quite understand why it wasn't a truck but it was like something trying to make the sound of a truck passing by, um, which I thought was a real odd mimic, but that wasn't the first time again, I've heard something like that, you know, and they were mimicking the the train you were talking about. That is correct. Um, the, the ravine down over my house, if you would travel about 12 miles north, uh, that would be the closest train. And that was right in the area where those other sightings were that made the newspaper you know, and it had, which, which started all of this with the sightings. And I'll share one other thing. Um, when I talked about the parabolic, I was, I actually fixed it for a buddy of mine. And when he came down to pick it up, he brought his wife and, and it was, it was in the evening time about nine o'clock. And he asked if he could, you know, hang out for a while to see if they, his wife would like to hear some activity. So we went up around the fire pit and I made a fire and, you know, we, he ended up staying until about, one o'clock that evening it was we we had some rock clack, clacking and we 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 heard a lot of action down by the creek using his parabolic so but anyhow um it's it's getting late you know and and i and I told him I said we should probably wrap this up I said I need to get to bed and you know I was actually just folding up the chairs picking up they were cleaning up their stuff and and as we were doing so when I was putting the fire out right over the ravine, not more than 25 yards away, the largest, shrillest scream come at, you know, was, 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 this thing just let out a huge scream. It was like the, my, my friends, they were actually walking halfway back the yard. They stopped, dropped everything and come back and said, what was that? And I said it wasn't a bobcat because bobcats don't make those type of noises. I said that had to have been that female. It wow. was crazy. I mean, all her hair sta- standing up, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm telling you what, that it knew we were leaving. It was it was either upset that we were leaving, or I don't know, but it scared the crap out of us. I can imagine. Thank you so much for coming on. Very very interesting. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And um, keep us up to date. You know, let us know what's going on out there as summer approaches. Let us know if uh, activity picks up. Wish I was out there. I'd love to come come see it, you know, firsthand. Yeah, and, you're jealous right now, aren't you, Wes? Because I'm, yeah. I'm pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no That's kidding. That's right, Shannon. You can probably come up some evening. I would absolutely love to, and I would do it in a heartbeat. Cool. Well, yeah, get a hold of me. Maybe uh, I'll, in, 
on the 21st of September, I just might do it again, and I'll let you, let you know if you're able to make it. Uh, that would be awesome. Thank you, Corky. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, thanks, yes. guys. I had a good time. Thanks, man. We really do appreciate it. All right. Take care. <laughs>